Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a podcast about the church and for the church. My name is Connor. I'm here with Mike. We are really excited to be with you today. And we're going to jump right in. Uh, on the table today is a series of questions about life in the body and specifically how believers can be really actively thinking about getting in the game and growing godliness themselves, helping others grow in godliness, and becoming more beloved to uh, other believers. So this is all about relationships in the body, even within the home as well. Here's the three questions, Mike, that I want to tackle today. Number one, how can I help my, f- my family members grow in godliness? So we'll talk about the family first. Number two, how can I follow the God, the example of others? So as I'm in the church and I'm looking to people who are, who've walked with the Lord for longer, what does it look like to follow after them as they follow Christ? And then number three, how should I be learning from the word about becoming beloved to other beloved believers? And obviously you hear in that the, the allusion to your sermon series right now in First Thessalonians, but those are three questions that we want to tackle. So we're talking about family life, helping others grow in godliness in the home, uh, Number two, following godly examples. And then number three, becoming beloved and how that should all mm-hmm. be kind of landing on us. But let's just start with this first category, Mike. Uh, when you think about someone in a family context helping other family members grow in godliness, what are some mm-hmm. of the first things that come to your mind? Okay, so good. And and let me preface this by saying family uh, context in, in a household. So it could be that there's a household where you have four roommates, okay, or something like that. So we're going to put it in your household. How can you help your household grow in godliness? The first thing I think about is there are people there, okay? And so because there's people there, uh, as a Christian, you want to do what Christians do together with that household. And so the word and prayer in our conference room at Grace Orange here in the office, just probably 20 feet away from us, when you walk into that door and you sit down at the tables, if you look back up at the door sill, you know, right where you walk in, there's a, there's a piece of paper up there and it just says PPP six colon four. And then there's a little icon. There's on the the first P there's a, someone kneeling in prayer. Second one, there's a Bible that's open. And third, there's a group of people. And what that stands for is that Acts six, four, where the apostles said, we will devote ourselves to uh, prayer and the ministry of the word. And obviously it was in the context with people in the, in the local assembly. The idea is that the three things we should be most involved with is prayer, where we're dependently pouring our hearts out to God, and preaching, where we're preaching the gospel to ourselves, we're, we're opening up the word of God, and then there's people involved. And so those three, and I know that's very hyper-simple, but I heard yesterday someone said, I don't know what to do with my family, and this is a, someone who's like a young dad of, of, uh, who's married and has uh, several kids, I don't know what to do. And one of our pastors says, well, there's this book called The Family Together that we've given out to a lot of people. And they're like, oh, we have three copies of that. <laughs> so <laughs> the guy's like, well, just read that. And then, uh, and then make it even more simple. When you get home, open the Bible with your family or your household, read something, yeah. pray, yeah. ask a few questions, discuss, maybe sing a song of praise to God. It's as simple as growing in godliness, I think, starts with doing the the, the simple disciplines God has given right. and attending to those. And it's not like checking off a box where I did it. Now I get to walk away and watch bad movies or yeah. listen to music with horrible lyrics. The idea would be, I want this to drive my day. I want this to drive my life. And I want this to shape me in such a way that the word is brought to bear in my life. And then I'm living a humble, dependent 
trusting life in Christ as I go about my work, as right. I go about my leisure, and all of those things, and interact with people. Right. So I think it's simply bringing the, the Christian disciplines of prayer and the Word yeah. in with people. Yep. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think even that principle applies whether at a family level or even at a personal level. That's so fundamental. It's almost like you know, if I said, "Hey, I'm feeling really sick," mm-hmm. and you said, "Well, are you know, have you have you drank water in the last three days or eaten anything?" <laughs> and if I said no, it's like, okay, well, let's get those things figured out. <laughs> Here's and a then, glass of water. Then come back to me and tell me you're still feeling sick, and we can talk. But if you know, and that's I think it's true with the word and prayer. You know, if we're feeling like we're struggling spiritually in our lives, and those aspects are absent or really hurting, that's just yeah, priority number one to try to tune up and get some get some habits in place and try to work on even in the household, uh, getting something more regular together with those who are you're living with. Um, question for you, Mike. Are we responsible for the spiritual state of the other people who live with us? Absolutely, yes. We are interdependent. We are we are interconnected. Uh, the question, let's just say you're a Christian man. Let's give a scenario. Yeah. Christian man, Christian woman, and kids that are not out of control and they profess faith in Christ or they're at least going along with the, with the, the parents at this point. Maybe they're, maybe they're really young and maybe they haven't got to a point where they're, you know, talking yet. Or you know what I mean? Like, right, right. Or, or maybe they're somewhere. You're not really sure where they are spiritually, but they're not going against Christ. Okay, but you're praying for their salvation. But it's a Christian household. Let's just, in that tight context, we are absolutely responsible to shepherd our household, especially men, but whoever's the head of household, shepherd the spiritual health and the relational connectedness and the ministry commitment and any issues that might arise with other people. Now, what happens often is that people will kind of let the bus run over other people, like kind of step back and go, wow, someone in my family is running amok. Well, that's how it goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the people that are most responsible, the people that are kind of standing back going, oh, I, I just don't understand what happened, you know? Mm. And it's like, yes, you know, you just saw a train wreck and you could have helped and you could have stopped that train wreck. So we are responsible, but what does that look like? Let me give a couple ideas. One, that there's open lines of communication where you talk. So you don't just read the Bible and pray together, but you, you talk it through and you talk through issues. Uh, many times in our family where we've been... In, we call it family time, but we're in the Word and we're praying and, and there's an argument that arises or there's a, some issue that's been going on. You, you address it. You don't ignore it, right? A lot of people think, oh, if I just ignore the issue, it'll go away. No, that usually festers and gets worse. So I think the first thing is talking and just literally just talking. I think sometimes we, we go to the wrong elements for growth and we don't bring in the Word and prayer, but I think also we need to just discuss, talk, discuss, uh, process, however you want to put it. But then there's that idea of correction. If you're the head of the household, you're responsible for those who are in your home. You are. Yeah. You're going to be held responsible for that. Right. Kind of like, if you think about it, homeowner's insurance, okay? Think about homeowners or renter's insurance, but whatever kind of insurance you have, when you bring someone into your household, you take, you take responsibility for whoever comes under that roof, um, and if they get hurt on on uh, you know on your property, you're probably liable. Yeah. Okay. And I think there's a there's a liability factor that we often ignore um, in the Christian community. Hmm. I um I was thinking as you were talking just that there could be a danger, and I don't know that a lot of people are in this camp, but there definitely could be a danger of 
having this rigid kind of model for, you know, what the family life should look like. And that might include the word and prayer mm-hmm. regularly. But if, is there a danger that maybe people could become too rigid with that and fail to kind of apply, you know, even like to each, if, as a parent, to each individual child or it, to, the, yeah. to the particular circumstances that might be really troubling in a family at any given time? Absolutely. Um, for example, and I say this, I think I say it semi-often, if, if someone is bound to legalism, whether that be rigidity or this has to be this way or authoritarian kind of ideas, they, they're going to lean out of balance one way. On the other end of the spectrum is licentiousness or anything goes and it doesn't matter. You don't want either extreme. You don't want to get too rigid or too loose. You just strive for a balance. That's why it's interesting. You got prayer, the word, and people. We didn't prescribe anything. I did say, uh, you know, open your Bible and read it and pray and discuss some things. But we didn't prescribe the time of day. Right. The frequency, how, the frequency, the, yeah, the the, length. how length, how long or anything. And I'd say, don't get too rigid. But most people's problem is that they're too lenient. Hmm. Now, there are some people that are too rigid and they just need to calm down. But most people are like too haphazard hmm. and they kind of just let the too Christian, passive. Yeah, they too, let the life yeah. just kind of roll over them. Yeah. And then they're always in crisis, you know. Yeah. And it's usually not because of rigidity, hmm. but it all depends on, on how someone's wired. So there's plenty of people I know that are too rigid and it's like, yeah, that's not what we meant by that. Right, right. <laughs> you took it way too far and, yeah. and then you missed the heart of it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's a good point about the heart. Even even thinking about either, you know, licentiousness or rigidity, it's really loving Christ from the heart that puts both those things to death. Oh yeah. Because if you love Christ and you really love him, you, you know, abandon any hope of growing through legalism and you're steered away from licentiousness because you love Christ and you want to honor him. So yes, that's we good. were talking about this this morning in my men's group that sometimes there's people that are difficult in one of our groups, like in a home group or in a Bible class, and you don't want to shut them down necessarily. You want to give them some rope, but what we were really coming to is that oftentimes if someone misses the heart of something and they get too rigid or too lenient, it's because they're trying to meet their own needs rather than just be a blessing to people. Hmm. I hope that makes sense. The, what I mean by that, I mean... I hope it makes sense because what I mean is that oftentimes when things go wrong and maybe someone in your family breaks out on somebody and you go, oh, just, you know, that's not my issue. It's because you're thinking about yourself rather than the good of either your household or the body of Christ. Hmm. When we do that, I think what happens is uh, we end up getting self-focused and then say, well, that's not my fault. Yeah. Or defending ourselves or getting defensive. Right, right. And God wants us to be a blessing. Like he wants us to wake up every day and say, Lord, you know, I'm going to deny myself today and say right. no to myself and say yes to you. Right. And I want to be a blessing to other people. Yep. That's an outward look. Yeah, absolutely. There can be a danger of detaching to almost that, you know, I washed my hands of this. I've kind of, I've done my duty and it didn't go the way I wanted. And so, hey, at least I'm kind of in the clear on this and I can, you mm-hmm. know step out but but you know god obviously wants us to have our hearts deeply invested in in the people around us so yes in fact i would say that in the majority of issues that happen in a lot of churches and especially the ones i've been aware of it always can be traced back to someone didn't take responsibility for their own actions and didn't carry their own load and then when the burden started happening those who should have carried the burden didn't and go back to your initial question are we responsible as head of households for the people in our household and for their spiritual 
health and their relational connectedness and their ministry involvement and issues that arise. Yes, and again, to a degree, because everyone needs to answer for their own sin. Right, right. But the idea is that it can't go unchecked. Like the household should be the place where, you know, bad behavior is checked at before you go out the door. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think that's all super helpful. And we could talk obviously quite a lot, quite a bit longer uh, about all of that. But let's move on to the second question now and talk about kind of outside of the of you know your own household, uh, looking to examples in the church. You know, you see somebody and you identify them. They've been walking with the Lord for a long time, and you think, man, this person is just they're really godly. I appreciate their example. Uh, I'll just ask you the same question. What are some of the first kind of guiding principles that come to your mind when you think about looking to other people and saying, I want to follow them as they're following Christ? That's a great question. First, I would say it's imperceptible. You don't walk around with a list, right? So it's really, I think I gravitate towards people that are humble, but that are bold. And you you notice I, I say humble, bold a lot. I want to be a humble, bold servant leader in Christ. The idea there is that if there's someone who's humble and, and they're also bold enough to like engage with people and talk and whatever, I think the, the imitatable qualities kind of come out. The people that I want to imitate are the people that are kind to other people, that are understanding, that listen well, that are not holding grudges, you know, all the one another's. They're doing the good one another's. Right, right. Can you talk about the benefit of, one, finding people who are different from you, wired in a little bit different ways and following them, and then, two, having a variety of people that you're looking at rather than just, you know, absolutely kind of just getting tunnel vision and and really taking one person as, that's my mentor, that's my example. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the benefit of some variety and diversity in that? Sure, I like that idea. Not, though, in terms of... um you know, forcing the variety of diversity, but sure. just letting it, letting it flow, but not just going to people that will always agree with you. Right. And I think the people that I have that are different than me, I always learn from because, and some of my best lessons in life have been learned from people that are different from me because sometimes it's almost like that grain of sand or that pebble in your shoe. And it kind of <laughs> irritates you at first. Yep, yep. And then you're like, wow, that person has so much wisdom and I need to, to emulate that a bit more. I think that, that, um, I think here's how you get the variety though. You don't do the, you know, oh, what's it word? Affirmative action and say, well, I can only talk to these kind of people this week. <laughs> right, you, right. You're right. in a home group or you're in a Bible class or you're in a men's group and you don't control your atmosphere. Uh, like who can be there? Right. Some people do that. They go, only these kind of people can be in my home group. Yeah. Only these kind of people yeah. can be in my men's group. No, it has like, to be no. more natural. Right. Yeah. Invite people that you'd like to get to know, and then you get to know them, and you don't kick them out when they're not just like you. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, on a practical level, I, I've heard from a lot of people who say, I really want to be mentored by somebody, or I really want to be growing and you know following godly examples, but it's hard for me to, to initiate those kind of relationships. And I think especially as a younger person, a lot of people, you know, almost feel this hesitation to reach out to someone who's older. Could you maybe just help someone think through, you know, the right way to go about that, pursuing godly, you know, uh, mentors and guides in life uh, in a way that is is accessible for somebody who might think that that's pretty daunting? Yes, another great question, and, and it's common, right? But let me just say, the person who says, I really want to be mentored and growing, but it's hard for me to initiate these relationships, 
And I want to be sensitive about this, but I want to be honest. That can be a smokescreen because the people that just do it don't make that comment. And what I mean by that is pursuing godly mentors, if you want to be mentored, you will be mentored. If you want to be connected with people, you will be connected with people. And those that are finding it hard, like stop talking about it and just go dive into a group and don't be the person who talks the whole time. Hmm. Ask some good questions. Ask someone their advice. I was uh, talking to someone, I was talking to someone just recently about this, that Proverbs is chock full of wisdom about asking advice. And I like to ask men when I meet with them, who do you have to ask advice from? Like, who do you seek out and ask their advice? Because if you don't, it shows something about you that is deficient and you need to not be so self-willed. Hmm. Now, I don't usually say it so strongly, but the idea of who do you get your advice from? And if they say no one, I say, well, you know, this it might be good for you to think about seeking out other people's advice before you make decisions. And I, I rarely do many things of any substance that I don't get some kind of right. input advice from right. fellow elders, fellow pastors and friends and what have you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I do think, um, to, to your point, just what you said about a minute ago, um, it is really true that if, if I'm not engaged in, in serving in the body and having fellowship, even just more general ways, it's going to be really hard to land in those kinds of relationships where I have the freedom to ask for advice in that way. You know, to the person who's just, you know, maybe they're just showing up for the service and taking off, but then still saying, oh, I really want to be mentored. It's a long shot, right? If that's kind of, you know, the way they're rolling. But when you start, when you just say, hey, even if it's awkward, even if it's hard, I'm just going to just launch myself into the life of the body. I mean, just everything I can do to have a foothold, to to get traction, to start to, you know, have relationships with people. I'm just going to put myself out there. I think even even if that's hard and awkward and if your personality might not be wired even towards being that, you know, mm-hmm. super extroverted type, I think whatever we can do to to try to pursue relationships in that way, it, it yields the fruit over time of those kinds of, you know, steady, long-term rela- relationships with people who have walked with the Lord for a long time and can speak into your life. Yes, well said. And I think... You know, when you look at Titus 2 or other places, 2 Timothy 2, where it's talking about passing things on to others and mentoring others, it doesn't say, hey, it has to be an organized thing in the church, and it doesn't say it has to be organic. It just is kind of a combo of whatever happens. But the idea, if someone's walking around going, I need to be mentored, I need to be mentored, wait a minute, what's this I need, I need stuff? Hmm. Like you said, jump into the life of the body of Christ and you'll find yourself mentoring and being mentored. Right. And so sometimes again, it's, it's the way we're wired, but some people need it hyper organized and some people don't want anything organized. And I think both kinds can just lean towards the middle a little bit more Hmm. and just engage with the body of Christ at whatever level you can. And don't worry about so much about what you need. Right. Now a desire gets is, uh, you know, what, Paul prayed for the Thessalonians that God would grant every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power. The idea that all the things that you're desiring to to do in terms of serving the Lord and blessing others, God's going to grant that as you're in the midst of living your life to the glory of God. Right. No, amen. So so true. And I think just a, a final thought might be pray for these people. <laughs> pray, you know, if you if you really feel like you need more relational connectedness, pray. I remember when I came to this church and I knew a few people, I knew you a little bit. 
Um, I knew Andrew McNeil just through some connections with, you know, the, the church I came from, but I didn't know a lot of people. And I started to pray, Lord, it'd be awesome if you would give me some friends mm-hmm. <laughs> at this church, you know, people to go through life with. And I, I just think, you know, in the four or five years since then, he's just answered that prayer, you know, in a stronger way than I could have ever asked for. It's, I'm just, I feel so thankful in that. So, well, the interesting, but, let me use you as an example. And same thing when Andrew first came to the church and, and many others, I, just think about this. You pray and then you dive in and you just start saying yes to things. And you don't come with a, an agenda. You just basically, you just help out. You go to things. I remember you would go to outreach things or you'd go to, uh, I think it was a retirement home thing or whatever it was. Maybe, I don't know. Yep, it was just yep. something, but it was like, I'm just going to go and be part of the group. And then you start getting to know people right, and right. people in the Bible class or, or, you know, in a home group or whatever. And yep. Yeah. No, it's true. Someone, some, some of the early mentor figures came out of just showing up on a Sunday morning Bible to a Sunday morning Bible class or, mm-hmm. or those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. More we could say on that as well, but just want to quickly move to this last idea of the beloved becoming beloved to one another. This is the sermon series we've been in for a, a while now. And I just want to, I mean, we're at kind of a, you know, maybe turning point in the book or into the kind of, you know, close of the letter that Paul's writing to the Thessalonian church. And I just want to maybe just kind of get the temperature from you. Where, where are your thoughts at right now about this idea of being beloved? How are you seeing it impact the, the body? And then I'll just ask you this question. Uh, for somebody listening right now, what is one thing that they could have on their mind this week uh, about really trying to love one another, uh, love others in the body and just pour their life out for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let me mention one thing. I think this has been one of the most praiseworthy uh, outcomes of the preaching. I think this fall is that I just keep hearing over and over again about people taking the word seriously and making amends with those they have had issues with. And I think that's just been so sweet to watch. Mm. I think the one thing I would say is just just do just do this week what you're called to do. And just uh, there's a word I'm using in the in the sermon on for, for I used on Sunday, which is just welcome the body. And that doesn't mean like hey how you doing, but bring them in like like put out the welcome mat and open the door and bring them into the into the the life that you live like like literally share your life and and without thinking about what I'm going to get from this or what I think I need from this just how can I bless this person yeah i just think that 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 is is awesome i think just do whatever you're called to do and and I, that's going to be a, a huge witness to the world hmm. and we go wait wasn't it isn't it something somebody on a big pedestal speaking loudly no it's christians doing those simple loving things that are you don't even notice yep but the world notices yep amen no absolutely i think of uh you know philippians 2 has so much to say about this obviously but you know that specific line when paul's talking about oh i'm not even remembering now timothy is it timothy that everyone seeks their own interests not those of christ um right Uh, well and i think he says it to the philippians as well did I say like, that I not say Philippians? I meant to say Philippians too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I that's what I'm thinking of. And just yes. everybody seeks their own interests, right. not those of Christ, you know? Uh-huh. And it's like the moment you start seeking Christ's interests, you also start seeking everybody else's interests around you. Who's a believer. And yes. That's obviously the point. And he basically and, talks about, um, I have no one else of kindred spirit that would be, um, uh, genuinely concerned, right. Uh, 
for for your welfare. Yeah, that's and uh, it's like there it is oh, right there. Like and, and yeah. then he says, you know, and they everyone seeks their own interests. Philippians two twenty. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. read it. Well, he just says this. He says, "I have no. I, I hope in the Lord Jesus." Verse nineteen to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. They all seek their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. It's like, wow. Yeah. At that point, Paul had one person he could point out. So if you could just have one, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that is like as clear as day right there. Timothy will be genuinely concerned for their welfare. Yeah. And then he says, because everybody else is seeking their own interests, but he's seeking Christ, which just oh, is so, yeah. so clear. If you're seeking Christ's interests, the the manifestation of that in the life of the body is that you're concerned with the welfare of others. So yes, that's just such a, that's yes. a great reminder to all of us. You know, if I want to be someone who honors Christ, loves him, the most tangible expression of that is immediately turned outward, you know, into love for uh, the others in the body. Absolutely. So I think that's a great point to, to just wrap up this, uh, this podcast. And do you have, do you have anything else to add before we, uh, before we call it quits today? No. Well, yes. Uh, verse twenty-one. You know, they they don't seek their own. They don't they don't seek Christ's interests. <laughs> Those of the seek, like you just mentioned, seek the interests of Christ. You'll be concerned for the welfare of others. Yeah. 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 Amen. Listeners, we love you and we're thankful for you. We we pray for you throughout the week. Uh, you can always submit questions for the podcast to uh, grace at graceorange.org. We would uh, enjoy hearing from you and answering some of those questions. Until next time, have a great week uh, loving the Lord and others, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>